0: I would like to make a few comments. I don't have to tell you things
1: are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. We see Americans hating each other, fighting each other, killing each other at home. There is a religious war going on
0: in this country. It is a cultural war. This war is for the soul of because America. Because of the way this society is organized, you have to expect that there are going to be such explosions. Our side, our side, our side. It's a crisis that strikes in uh, uh, we are a people in a quandary about the present. We are a people in search of our future. And as we see and hear these things, the millions of Americans cry out in anguish. Did we come all this way for this? It all seems a long way from a time when politics was a national passion and sometimes even fun. Nick, Nick, Nick. We are attempting on a larger scale to fulfill the promise of America. Three, two, one. We are met here as Americans, not as Democrats or Republicans, to solve that problem. You're listening to the Pothole Problem Podcast with Jack Miller. Keep up the good work.
1: Welcome to episode 16 of the Pothole Problem Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Miller. Attentive listeners will remember that I promised that this week's episode was going to be about values voters, and I actually did start making that episode. Zane and I sat down for an interview, and we did a few minutes, but then it sort of just fell apart, and then I realized it was probably okay to go a different direction. If you're listening to this episode on the day that it comes out, it's the Iowa caucus, which is the first nominating contest of the 2020 presidential election. It's the beginning of the Democratic Party deciding on who its nominee will be to run in the 2020 general election against President Donald Trump. There are a number of interesting things about the Iowa caucus. One of which is that it's a caucus, and that's a different kind of election. There are two kinds of nominating contests that both parties use. Primaries, which are really more like standard elections. You go and you stand in line at a voting booth and you cast your ballot in secret, and at the end of election day they get counted up and whoever has the most votes wins. A caucus is a very different kind of thing, and so I thought that today, instead of talking about values voters, I would discuss what a caucus is like and why it is and is not a very democratic system. There's a lot of ways in which you could say it is extraordinarily democratic, and a number of ways in which you could say it's not democratic at all or it's extremely undemocratic. But first, what is a caucus? A caucus is actually a type of a meeting, and it is also an election. At the end of the night, people will cast ballots, and those ballots will be counted up, and a winner will be determined. But the way those ballots are cast is a really different process from the primary or general election, where you go and stand in line at a voting booth, and you go inside and you cast your ballot in secret, or in some states like Oregon, you mail in your ballot. For a caucus, registered members of a party go to some place like a church basement or an elementary school cafeteria or a union hall, in some cases, actually people's living rooms. And what a caucus is, is it's a meeting where people get together to discuss and decide who they're going to vote for. What happens in a caucus is that there are areas in the gathering place that are marked out for each of the candidates, and the voters, rather than casting a secret ballot, physically place themselves in that area, publicly showing who their support is for. There's also an area for uncommitted voters, which is very different from the ballot box, where if you don't want to vote for somebody for a particular office, you just leave that blank. In a caucus, you stand in the uncommitted area while everyone else gathers in the area designated for their various candidates. At the end of the first round, once everybody's taken their place, the caucus organizers count up who's in each of the candidates' areas and they tabulate their results. The way it works in Iowa is that in order to be a viable candidate, in order to be able to get any votes at all, you have to have a certain threshold number of votes. It's a minimum of 15%, though in certain places it's higher. So if your candidate at the end of the first round of sorting people into these areas has 15% or more, they're good to go. They're gonna get votes at the end of the night and what they can do for the rest of the night is try to increase their level of support. The people who are standing with candidates who are below the threshold have to try to convince the uncommitteds or people from other non viable candidates to come over to their area. The viable candidates are also trying to compete for supporters from the uncommitteds and the non viable candidates. And there's a bunch of cajoling and arguing and persuading that goes on while this process happens. At this point, there's a realignment where people move around. A caucus could technically go on for any number of rounds, and in each state, there's a different number of rounds that take place. In Iowa this year, there's only one round of realignment. So after the first realignment, support is locked in. The caucus organizers count again, and only the candidates who've reached the viable threshold get any kind of votes. At this point, people turn in cards showing who they've supported, and those cards act like ballots. They're counted up, and they're used to tabulate the final winner at the end of the night. So that's what's going on in Iowa, not right now, because right now I'm recording this in my car on Friday night before the Iowa caucus while I wait for Zane to finish his driving school course. But if you're listening to this on the day the podcast released, this has been going on today in Iowa. And if you're listening to it later, it's going to be going on in other states that hold caucuses. Now, at this point, you can probably tell what makes a caucus different from a primary or a general election. For one thing, people's support for candidates is public. For another thing, it's a time-consuming process that actually involves persuasion, argument, and discussion right there in the room, which is normally forbidden at polling places for primaries and general elections, where trying to influence other voters is actually illegal and forbidden. A caucus is a rowdy meeting. It's much like a town hall meeting, and so in that sense, it's very democratic. Voters get together discuss with each other face-to-face, debate and argue, and together try to come to some kind of conclusion as to how they're going to cast their final votes, and that's going to, in the case of a nominating contest, turn into delegates that will go to a convention to decide the nominee. It's an extraordinarily democratic process because it involves the will of the people being decided by the people who are actually assembled. And in fact, when people are discussing and arguing and persuading, that's the sign of a healthy democratic discourse. What makes this not so democratic is that it's very time consuming and not all voters are going to be able to take the time to do this and so it's going to be very exclusionary. What tends to happen is that only very high intensity, highly engaged voters participate in caucuses. In Iowa, there are over two million registered voters, 600,000 of whom are registered Democrats, and the record number of people who've participated in the Iowa caucus is just a little over 200,000. So it's a pretty low turnout rate for a nominating contest, which already has a lower than average turnout rate for general elections. It's even lower than primaries. That means that very few voters are actually going to be contributing to the final outcome. So that's the way in which it is not very democratic. The caucus is actually a really great example of the difficulties of any kind of system of manifesting the will of the people. In democratic theory, there are all kinds of questions about how the will of the people should be manifested in terms of institutions, practices, rules for voting, rules for making decisions. And there really is no such thing as a perfect system. Every system has its benefits and it has its downsides and the trade-offs are clear when you're looking at each of these systems what they are. In the case of the caucus, what you get is a very engaged activity where people are actually participating with the other members of the citizenry in making a determination extraordinarily democratic. Because, however, it's a really costly endeavor in terms of time and effort, it's very exclusionary, and that, of course, goes against the idea of a democratic process being inclusive rather than exclusive. So the caucus is a really great example of the trade-offs that are really inherent in any kind of democratic system. you're listening to the pothole problem podcast created by white tiger productions at white tiger productions we create experiences if you have an idea for a podcast a workshop or a show of any kind we'll help you go from concept to execution we provide creative direction and production support we've got a podcast studio writers and storytellers sound engineers and editors designers videographers hosts creative coaches everything you need to manifest your creative potential you name it or even vaguely describe it, and we'll take you from dream to finished product. White Tiger Productions. You can do what you think, and we can help you. Visit us at think.com and tell us what you're thinking about. So that's the episode this week. I know that an interview with Zane was promised and an interview will be coming next week as we actually tackle the question of why certain people don't vote. And I'm going to make a promise that of course I may fail to keep. Failure is not a major argument against making promises. Failure is of course something that is built into life. I'm really going to make an effort and Zane is going to make an effort to make next week's episode an interview and we're going to do everything we can to explore all of the issues that surround who doesn't vote why they don't vote, what we can learn from that, and why we might actually realize that sometimes low voter turnout, or at least less than perfect voter turnout, isn't such a problem for the democratic system after all. I want to thank everybody who's been listening all along to the podcast, and I want to thank you for bearing with this particularly unusual episode here at the beginning of the nominating process. It's going to be, I would say, a pretty tumultuous time for the next couple of months. And so it's not too surprising to me that I ended up not being able to follow the plan that I had for this week and I'm not beating myself up about it at all. For those of you who've come to enjoy the song that ends the podcast, don't worry. I actually have one. This is a live recording that was recorded in the White Tiger Studio by a group of guys I got together to play some music known as Man Band. And yes, talk about exclusionary. It is, in fact, gender specific. Women are not allowed to attend Man Band. And so this particular recording is all men in the White Tiger Studio. And here it is.